This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer and it is a new week, which means we have lots to get into you guys, I did it for you. I went back into the trenches of the Just Be podcast and listened to parts two and three of the interview between Bethany and Rachel. Um, lots of thoughts, lots to get into. We have a new episode of Roni that I'm just going to you know touch on a little bit. Um, but first, first, I want to talk about some some new developments with Real Housewives of New Jersey. They are... Full speed ahead into filming for season 14. Feels crazy that we have come that far. Um, And we're starting to glean some new information from pictures and things that are being posted. Um, Last week, the women were at Jen Fessler's birthday party. So love to see that she is back in the mix. Um, I don't know if she's in the market for a full-time spot, but either way, she gave us a lot last season. I feel like she's going to give us a lot next season. Uh, and over the weekend, Joe Gorga's birthday party was down at the shore, and pretty much everyone was there except Teresa. Uh, she actually was moving Gabriella into college over the weekend. So, you know, technically, we don't know whether she was invited, decided not to come, couldn't make it, you know. Maybe she was on the guest list for the birthday party and then, you know, had somewhere more important to be. But I'm not sure she would have been there regardless. Um, But, you know, Jackie was there over the weekend. Uh, Danielle and Rachel are both back. Jennifer was there. Margaret was there. Every everybody but Teresa has been, you know, showing up with the full group. So that that I like to see. And we also have two new women who have been spotted filming with them and their, their names are Tiffany and Kayla. Uh, it's, it's giving very, um, like the nineties babies are arriving on housewives. Maybe they're born in the eighties. I don't know how old these ladies are. Tiffany was on the amazing race season, I believe 27. If that means anything to you, I was never an amazing race girly. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get too deep into it. And she is also a former New York jets cheerleader, love to see it. Uh, she and Brandy Redmond can, uh, can claim that past together. And our other new lady, Kayla is married to the founder of this company, eat clean bro. And they both work there. Eat clean bro is like, I believe I could have done one more Google on this. I believe it's like a, a meal delivery service specifically meant for like manly men or like gym gym dudes because god forbid you get like a meal delivered to you that's too girly or like you know doesn't have enough testosterone 
injected into the chicken breast. Um, I guess that's what eClean Bro does. I, I don't really know. I've never, doesn't seem like something that would be terribly up my alley, but uh, allegedly it's a thriving business and I'm happy for Kayla and her husband. Um, and I'm, I'm sure we will get to hear all about it on next season of The Real Housewives of New Jersey if she makes it through the filming process in one piece. So TBD on that. I, I don't like to get too into the weeds of what's happening during filming for these shows. I like to be surprised. I like to have, you know, events and outfits and, you know, feuds and stuff to, to discover and unpack as the season unfolds. But, uh, you know, nice to know who's in the mix. Um, speaking of having things to unpack as the season unfolds, that I think is one of the biggest strengths of this new season of Roni right now. I feel like every week we are really just diving further into the depths of this group and this scene and everything that they have going on. And we do, we don't know what to expect. We don't know where these women are going, who's getting in arguments with who. And it, it's exciting to see kind of bit by bit the layers being pulled back and, you know, seeing Aaron's anniversary party this week and, you know, she and Jessel have apparently buried the hatchet and we'll see how that goes. But then Sai is there and she decides to leave and she doesn't say anything to Aaron. So now she and Aaron are going to have an issue. It's it feels like the um, the ball of conflict is kind of being passed, tossed around the group. And um, now Sai has sort of stepped in it a little bit. And I'm excited to see how that plays out next week. But I got to say, my, my opinion of Jessel has gone through such a radical change in the last couple weeks. Because after the first few episodes, it's not that I didn't like her or that I didn't think she was giving us anything to work with. I just felt like she was a little hard to get a read on. And it felt like she wasn't quite sure whether this was for her or how she was kind of existing within this group. And now I feel like she has settled into this space of just kind of being deliciously bitchy and like a little bit out of touch, but not in a way that feels problematic or, you know, distasteful, but in a way that's just like, oh my God, what's going on in that brain? Her conversation with her husband, Pavit about the preschool situation. I was laughing so hard. She's like, so the best thing about this one is that it's international. You know, they have branches in Sao Paulo and Shanghai and Hong Kong and New York. And Pavit's like, right. So we live in New York. So we don't care about either of those other ones. And she's like, right, 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 right. But they're like, you know, teaching the kids Mandarin and, you know, Spanish. And it's so amazing. And he's like, babe, these are little tiny children who barely speak English. I think their kids are like one and a half, maybe like not even toddlers yet. If I recall correctly from my um, high school health class where they tell you like the different age ranges, her kids are not even toddlers and she wants them to be learning Mandarin. I don't know. I <laughs> Seeing Pavit's reaction to the $62,700 price tag 
I don't know if that's per kid or if you get like a two for one, but that brought me back down to earth because, you know, in these circles, sometimes it's like, okay, I went to public school. I know that there are lots of people who exist in, in the private school world and there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, everybody has a different thing that's right for them. But I'm like, $62,700 for preschool? Something about that ain't right. Like, ma'am, I don't know too much about Jessel and Pavitt's financial situation, but do they really have $62,000 worth of preschool money? Cause if they do, like I mean, I mean, good for them. That's a, a a lovely amount of money to to have. But on preschool, she's like, well, you know, so they get supplies, field trips, they get um, you know, an iPad and a uh, a Mac computer. Is it right? So a an iPad, I I have an iPad. It's like I don't know, five hundred bucks. A Mac is like, you know, top of the line Mac is like 2000 You can get one for half that, I think. Uh. Jessel, do the math. Do the, the girl, girl, the girl math is not mathing. <laughs> it's like, right. Okay. So you subtract 500 for the iPad, then 1500 for the computer. And then it's only 60,000. 60, like what kind of field trips are you going on? What kind of snacks are being provided? I don't know. I know shit is expensive. I know New York is stupid and it doesn't like, it shouldn't surprise me that that's a thing, but it's like for preschool, like pre preschool is important, I guess, but like, I don't think I learned to read in preschool. I don't, they weren't like teaching you math in preschool. You weren't, I don't know, like doing science. Like, I don't, you're kind of just like hanging out and doing activities, which is great, which I mean, activities are so important and enrichment and, you know, like learning, <laughs> learning Mandarin, I guess. But $62,700. I don't know. I don't know about that. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the 
side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'll probably be getting more into Roni later this week, so I don't I don't want to get too in the weeds of recapping that episode. Um, but I continue to really enjoy it. I continue to think that there is a lot to enjoy and appreciate and discuss there. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about it more. Um, but we really got to get into this, this Bethany interview. Oh boy, this Bethany interview. So over the course of three episodes, it's about two, two hours and change. If you take out the ads, it's probably an hour 30, maybe even less. Look, I, I, I'm not one to judge podcast ads. We, you know, we're all here to make money, but there, there were a lot of ads. Yes. I, I feel that there were a lot of ads when I was listening. It felt that there were a lot of ads. Um, <laughs> what's interesting. So in, um, in part one of the interview, which I talked about last week, if you, if you haven't listened and you want to kind of get up to speed on the full conversation, you can go back and listen to that. But it's so interesting because a big part of part one of the interview was talking about this money system. And this comes up again in the later parts talking about how the network has made a lot of money off of Vanderpump Rules doing so well this season and her other castmates have cashed in and, um, you know, Ariana's got all her brand deals and, uh, you know, Lala apparently made enough on the send it to Daryl stuff to put a down payment on a house, which apparently was the house that Brock wanted in Palm Strings. I'm like, Palm Strings? Palm Springs? I'm like, why is Brock catching strays? I don't care about the Palm Springs house. Raquel, speak about what you know. But (laughs) part of Bethany's whole like reality reckoning thing is that these people don't get paid for their contributions. You get your fee per episode for being on the show. But then when it is an outside success, like the season of Vanderpump Rules is, there's no kind of incentive structure or residuals or bonuses. And so this has been a conversation with all of these ads that we're hearing on Bethany's podcast and Bethany herself bragging about how millions of people have listened to these episodes with Rachel and, you know, it's the number one podcast in the world, which it, it might be, I, I'm not, I'm not like the Nielsen ratings. So a lot of people, their question is like, Hmm, you're talking about Raquel not being paid by Bravo but is Raquel being paid by you? Because you're the one on social media being like millions and millions and millions of people listened. And, you know, generally being a podcast guest is not a paid position. And I think, you know, 
it's usually normal to assume that somebody isn't being paid for an interview. And so in, in her comment section, Bethany has been saying a lot of, um, a lot of vague things about how we don't know what's happening and blah, 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 blah. So here's just one that I screenshotted as an example. Um, so somebody said she doesn't deserve abuse, but she, but was she paid? Did you acknowledge the abusive things you've said to people? Well documented. We can start with Luann. And what's the end game here? And she said, yep, I've acknowledged many times and I don't blame the cast. It's their job. What and if she was paid is something you don't and will never know. Just like what happens on reality TV, you will never know either. And she has said in um, other comments, basically, that we don't know what we're talking about when it comes to whether or not Raquel was paid, Rachel. And my thing is... I don't feel like I it's, you know, a God-given right to know what people are paid for various things in the world or how, you know, contracts are signed and XYZ. But if Bethany is on this whole crusade right now of trying to change the reality TV industry and trying to get people compensated for things or, you know, cared for in ways that they haven't been, why is this not an opportunity for some sort of radical transparency in that arena. If she's making all of these sweeping claims, I mean, she said in part one that Raquel got paid less for a season of Vanderpump Rules than her interns do, which first of all is just, there's no way that's true. But also it's like, if you want to make kind of like, wow, statements like that, why don't you make a wow statement and say, yeah, I am revenue sharing with Raquel or Rachel on this podcast episode. Why not step up? If there's something, if you're doing something revolutionary and cool in the way that you're, you know, paying your guest or something, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to be transparent about that? And wouldn't you want to work toward making that some kind of norm? So this is something that really, it makes me more and more confused the more I think about it because it's like, if you want to be the person who's out here fighting for all this stuff, then you should be the person who's being the most transparent. You should say, I made this much money from my time on housewives. I, you know, X, Y, Z, this, that, and the other thing, because that's the kind of thing where if you want Bravo to be more transparent about what, how much money they're making, all of that is going to trickle down. You think in a union negotiation, people aren't, these rates aren't going to be out there and talked about and, and, you know, going on a podcast could be part of that. I mean, there's all sorts of different, you know, clauses and, you know, different things. Bethany talks about the, the Bethany clause in Bravo contracts all the time where because of how successful she was a skinny girl, then Bravo was demanding a cut of anybody, any business that was promoted. So she's, she brings this up even in this episode talking about how Tom Sandoval has these bars and they're on the show. And so, you know, he must be Bravo must be making money off of that and blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's like, if you're so focused on exposing everyone else's shit, why are you not being forthcoming about this arrangement? Cause I think it's a perfectly valid question to say, Hey, you're saying a lot of stuff about payment. So what's, what's your setup? And I think it's a little, I think her, some of the comment responses that she's leaving are a little bit 
just like icky and unnecessary. Um, speaking of icky, this one this one also got to me. Um, speaking on abuse at Bethany Frankel, when are you going to invite Luann on your podcast to speak her truth, her voice, so you can apologize for slut shaming her and abusing her? Um, the treatment of Luann in Bethany's last season of Housewives has come up um, quite a bit in the last few weeks about how you know, that dinner in Miami, if you remember the life was not a cabaret when she was basically yelling at Luann about all of this stuff that she had gone through and saying that she had helped her. Um, and Bethany's response to that was, I think saving her life was a good start. And I, I just find it really distasteful to go on with this narrative that you saved her life and she would have been, you know, in all of these terrible things situations without you when you clearly were causing her stress and strife both on and off the show even if you did something good even if you were the person who stopped her from getting in the car doing something she would regret or whatever it's like right so now you've turned around and you're wielding that against that person I don't know. It's it's gross to me. And I that's separate from the whole Rachel interview of it all. But I wish Bethany would kind of like reel it in on that because I don't think it's a good look for her. And I don't think it helps her cause or, you know, her cause in quotation marks because I have my doubts. But anyway, getting into some some points from these last two parts. I don't know. I didn't mean to get so passionate about these, uh, these Instagram comments, you know, but, uh, you know, sometimes the, the heart wants what it wants and the heart wants Bethany to <laughs> shut the fuck up. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day, and it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control 
natural, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. In part two, there's a lot of stuff about we get the rehash of the, the Sheena story, which whatever. We talk a lot about the reunion, the Vanderpump Rules reunion. One of the just weirdest, most bizarre moments is when Bethany reads the reunion transcript of everything that Ariana and Lala said to her at the reunion, you know, about how she's a dementor and, you know, subhuman and X, Y, Z, that and the other thing. Bethany starts crying while she's reading off this like litany of insults. And it's like, yeah, like this stuff is, it's rough stuff to say to another person. And I don't know. I I don't really get what Bethany thinks she's doing by kind of making Raquel like face the music because that's kind of what the reunion was. And according to Bethany, the reunion was abusive to Raquel. So it's like, right. So maybe we should not read verbatim everything that she had thrown at her once again. Bethany also says she like introduces this segment by saying, I watched the reunion and a couple episodes. So maybe it's like in a vacuum for me. Like maybe she thinks that she has some special, unique take on all of this because she hasn't watched the show to know what's going on. She can't stop herself from saying over and over and over again. She says, I I don't know you and I don't know what happened, but X, Y, Z. I haven't watched the show, so I don't know about Kristen. Uh, She honestly sounds like she barely knows how to pronounce Sheena's name. There are all of these moments throughout the show where she's reminding us again and again and again how she doesn't know what she's talking about, how she hasn't spent any time actually like learning about the, the background of all of this stuff. She really is just cherry picking information and presenting it in a way that uh, theoretically supports her narrative about this. I mean, I don't even think she's doing a terribly good job of that, but it is like she's so wrapped up in this idea of Rachel was done wrong. The treatment was terrible. Yeah. She made a few mistakes, but like who hasn't. And now this is reality reckoning. So Bethany asks Rachel if Tom has gotten as much hate as her, and she says she doesn't know, but, you know, the woman always gets the short end of the stick, which, you know, societally definitely is a thing. Um, I think in this case, honestly, it's perhaps less about the woman getting the short end of the stick and more about Tom's role in the group. And I don't mean that in the sense of, I think in maybe in the spring when all of this was happening, she was getting disproportionate levels of hate. But when she talks about Tom staying on the show and continuing to film and XYZ, it's like, right, because he accepted the terms of whatever contract they were going to offer him and you chose not to. She tells us, I think it is extremely interesting. She says that 
she talked to she talked about going back on the show and that what she wanted to come back for season 11 was not only for them to pay for her treatment at the meadows which quite frankly was never going to happen and i get why she wanted it um but i also you know automatic no i think probably on bravo's end but she wanted equal pay with tom and ariana for season 11 and this is where she really loses me in a in an on paper sense because i have a lot of feelings about you know her emotional state and you know her journey and where she's going and and i agree i've i've gotten a lot of i've seen a lot of messages i've gotten some comments that sort of Raquel doesn't deserve more hatred and she's been through enough and leave her alone and good for her for speaking her truth. And to be honest, I don't totally disagree with that. I think that we have expressed enough how bad the situation was. And I I do think that we have sort of started to move on, but this is where I'm like, on what planet did you think that, equal pay with Tom and Ariana who have been on this show for Tom for the entire 11 season run and Ariana for like eight or nine seasons. Why on earth would they offer you equal pay? That's just not how salaries work. If I had a coworker who had been, who had 10 more years of experience than me or eight more, you know, Raquel's only been full-time on the show for two seasons It would be bizarre if you were making the same amount of money as them. Like, I think Raquel, Rachel, is justified in asking for more, in stating her needs. I mean, asking for them to pay for the treatment, I think it's a fair ask. I I think, like I said, they were never going to say yes to it, but sure, I get why she asked. You know, she said they finally offered her security a few weeks ago after like a, a legal letter was sent. You know, when she was getting death threats in the spring, I think it's fair. I think she says that she was supposed to have a mental health professional on set at the reunion available to her if she needed them. I think that is a totally good thing. I think more of these shows should have mental health professionals, should have, you know, people with training and things like that available and accessible to the cast who is being put through these situations. But equal pay with Tom and Ariana just doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, in that sense, I don't know how much she really wanted to come back for season 11. So maybe it was just kind of like a Hail Mary. I probably won't come back, but let me ask for this because if they say yes, Maybe I'll feel like they see my worth or something. But it's like, yeah, I have to imagine that that offer basically got laughed off the table by the people at Bravo. I don't know. They do talk more about ratings and stuff. And this is <laughs> this is a really um, another great Bethany moment in terms of her preparedness for this interview. Because you can tell she is... Um, Googling in real time, reading off the reunions, uh, reading off about the ratings for this season. Um, And she's like, (laughs) uh, Googling in real time, she's like, 
She's like, so I've heard rumors that the show was failing. Um, and, you know, okay, so you had two point million in the in the demo okay wow okay wow bethany wow that demo wow that's the sweet spot i mean in uh, in the peak i mean in uh you know you were getting like two million and i have to imagine so you probably had like point two and then this happened and then you were uh two point whatever and all the viewing and you know the ratings and you know so that's like ratings gold blah 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 and it's like okay yes we know that the ratings did better um but she also bethany makes a claim that back in the day Bravo used to not let them see ratings for their own show so they wouldn't know how the show was doing so then they couldn't like use that as leverage to know their worth to ask to be paid what they were worth you know if you get it you get the gist that she's saying basically that the thing for me is I'm I'm just confused about that because I'm I'm looking right now at ratings numbers for season 1 of Roni. For season 2, it's all out there. Like I don't know if there's a specific metric or something that we don't know about that they weren't sharing, but television ratings are pretty widely available on like an immediate basis. I mean, Bravo is a linear channel that gets ratings numbers on like Nielsen or whatever. It's right there. So I don't, I don't know what she's talking about, but neither does she really. I don't think, you know, nobody knows what they're talking about on this fucking interview. Rachel says she feels like she thinks Andy violated quote, some sort of HIPAA law by implying that she was medicated at the reunion. Girl, Google HIPAA. She she mentions it multiple times. And, you know, I'm not a medical expert. Even I knew that that wasn't right. And then, of course, people smarter than me are online, you know, outlining why that's not what HIPAA means. She says one more HIPAA thing was when she got recognized by someone at the Meadows when she showed up for treatment. And then this person you know, left the facility before she did and leaked that she was there. I mean, that's shitty. That's a fucked up thing to do. I still don't think that's HIPAA. Like, because HIPAA's about leaking some, like, your actual medical information. And Andy saying it seemed like maybe she was medicated, that's not information, that's a guess. And also, like, we all watched the show it's not like a revolutionary guess to say like, perhaps there was, you know, do you remember that OC reunion one year where Vicky was like clearly on Xanax? Like, okay. So what? I don't know. It's all of this. I just feel like the thing with Rachel is that I want her to be in a good position. And I feel like the thing that would likely get her there would be to actually take a step away from this to really just disappear to go live her life and you know I'm glad she's not going back to Vanderpump Rules because that seems like it would be a really bad choice for her but she says Bethany asks what she wants to do next 
And she says she wants to start her own podcast to share her side of the story and to bring on experts. And she says, quote, it's an area that's untapped because no one wants to talk about the other woman. Like, okay. So you're, I'm a bit confused by this concept. Like, are you bringing, are you talking about like your personal journey and that's going to be talking about the other woman? Or is this like, is this like a, a podcast for mistresses? Are you going to have like Rachel Yucatel or like, I don't know who else has a mistress. Everybody. Are you going to have like, I don't know. I just don't like really that's what you're channeling all of this into a podcast about the other woman you're going to make you say your brand has been ruined you can't make money you know so you're going to make your whole brand being like let's validate the other woman I don't know about that I just don't know I just I don't know, Rachel, I want the best for you. And and I don't know if that's God. And you know what sucks is if it happens, I'm going to listen. It's the worst part about all this. I listen to three fucking episodes of Bethany and Rachel trying to be like the most more clueless than the other. I listen to them on 1.3 speed. So it didn't take quite as long, but I took, you know, fucking three pages of notes. <sighs> I don't know. We're now, ne- we're never getting off this merry-go-round, are we? God, I still can't, <laughs> still can't believe Tom told her that he was offered a producer credit for season 11. Be fucking for real. If that's true, Tom's an idiot. And if it's not, Rachel's an idiot. Like they're all idiots. I guess that's the, you know, <sighs> I, I've exhausted myself. I've run out of things to say. I have more to say, but I'll save it. <sighs> Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. You can follow me at Dylan Hafer. Uh, and until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a Wildberry Splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.